Hey, it's Brian Haney, the voice of the Jayhawks, and you're listening to my main man, Ross Volkmer. He may be a Husker, but he also knows how to rock chalk. And you're listening to the Morning Blitz right here on 1025 You Rock. Mountain, 8.33 Central Time here on Thursday, October the 5th. Glad to be with you here on the Morning Blitz. Once again, 51 degrees outside to start your Thursday on our way to a high of 70. We welcome into the program our good friend from GoPowerCat.com. He's got to be enjoying this cooler weather with his car issue that he has. That's Ryan Gilbert. Good morning, Ryan. Yeah, I actually, believe it or not, Ross, I went for a little joyride around Manhattan last night with the windows down, and <laughs> I enjoyed myself, so it's been great. <laughs> I was going to say, dating season is open now for Ryan Gilbert because the cool the car is cool enough to take dates in. You know, remember we had that joke right. of last, a few months ago? Yeah, dating season is open for Ryan Gilbert now. <laughs> because yep, I've got about till now and until maybe April, May. That's right, because the, the heater works, but the AC don't. So dating <laughs> season, it's like, yeah, it's not deer season, it's dating season for Ryan Gilbert, right? now uh great stuff ryan i want to start off with the conversation or the the comments that two comments i guess from from the coach uh in chris Kleiman. when it seemed like after the ucf game and it really leading into the ucf game you know it was i'm not going to say he was negative but you could just tell like god we're banged up we we need to we need to get some time off and, and get rested and recharged and they and they found a way to win the ucf game and i think he was kind of relieved they were able to pull that off and now it seems like visiting his comments that he made this past week, talking about getting ready for Oklahoma State on Friday, he seems recharged, re-energized. Uh, do you feel like that's the same way for the team? Sure, and I would hope that Chris Kleiman would 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 think the same with his team um, coming off of that bye week. You certainly get through that UCF game with a victory. Will Howard surprisingly played in that game. I don't think many of us were expecting that to, to happen, but Howard played well, and now you get him closer to 100% healthy. I don't know if a player is ever 100%, but Treshawn Ward's going to be back, and Christian Duffy's continuing to gain continuity with that offensive line in practice each and every day of, of, of this week and last week, getting reps in practice. And so things are coming together nicely, and, and Kleiman certainly feels good about where his program is right now and obviously that loss to Missouri stinks bluntly put early on in the year but you're you you have zero losses if you're Kansas State right now in the Big 12 so any hopes and dreams of making it to Arlington are alive and well right now no absolutely Will Howard playing in the UCF game you know two weeks ago now almost I mean that was humongous because many people thought he wasn't going to be in there what changed late for him to be able to play I just think he felt good enough to go, Ross, to be quite honest with you and to be blunt. I don't know if something crazy happened. Maybe we just sort of thought his injury was worse than it maybe was. But, you know, from the Go Power Cat crew that was out there in Columbia, just his limp and the way he talked post-game, all this stuff didn't seem like he was going to play seven days after against UCF. Obviously something changed, and he's a warrior. He's He was uh, – man enough to, to play, but Ross to give you an answer. I don't know what changed, man. He just he just toughed it out, maybe rubbed some dirt on that on that knee and, and, and went for it. Are they gonna be getting any other guys back? Is Treshawn Ward gonna be back? Other guys back healthy, ready to roll here as they get ready for this big stretch? 
Grayshawn Ward, yes, and, and Colin Klein mentioned that yesterday, speaking to members of the media, that it, he's still going to have to play it by year in terms of just how many carries, how the distribution is shared between Ward and D.J. Giddens because Giddens had an amazing game <laughs> against UCF, four rushing touchdowns, um, and, and really showed what his potential can be. But how consistent can Giddens be getting 40 touches a game, right? You're, you're going to have to have Ward back in there to take some of the load off of him. And I, I do believe that we'll go back to, to more of a split backfield, but Giddens certainly uh, demonstrated that he can be a guy with a high ceiling for K-State's offense. But, but yeah, Ward will be back. Duffy will be back. I think it's worth noting that Keegan Johnson, while he hasn't been out, um, is, gonna, is continuing to get healthy. You know, maybe a breakout game could be in store for him coming up here on on friday i didn't say saturday i keep i keep messing up and saying saturday and all this stuff but it's a friday game so um you know a lot of guys are continuing to get healthy and again that bye week is just very huge for kansas state to to get to get healthy and i i mentioned christian duffy earlier that'll be big to have him continue to get better and so yeah just continuing to get healthy and and k-state's going to be without asa newsome for the rest of the season we learned that on tuesday with chris Kleiman. That's that's a loss, but a true freshman going out for the year, you know, K State's going to be able to to uh, get around that, so to speak. So, cats are healthy, you know, generally speaking. I thought the you know the bye week came at a great time for when can't they need it, but you know, can't they need it? But at the same time, they've now got what eight consecutive weeks of games. I mean, it's going to be a grueling stretch down this home stretch here. Yeah, it's going to be a grind. It's going to be a grind without a doubt, and. You know, it's good to have your bye week early on to get that rest. Uh, but later on in the year, boy, you're going to be wishing that you had maybe a bye week uh, later on in October or early on in November. It's going to be a grind. That's, that's to quote certain players. I know Uso Sayamalu said it was going to be a grind when we spoke to him on Tuesday. And the one thing for Kansas State, though, that I think you can maybe hang your hat on is just how favorable that schedule is. Of course, that road game at Texas is going to be daunting, but leading up to that game, Kansas state could very well be undefeated if it takes care of its own business. And so yes, playing eight weeks in a row is going to be a tough task to handle, but boy, you look at the schedule and you feel just a little bit better about it, but don't make any mistake playing eight weeks in a row is, is going to be tough for these guys. You you, re- you lead right into my next point. You mentioned the schedule. Is the Big 12 better or worse than we thought it was here four or five weeks into this season, or what we the thought worst. it was, or, or what we thought it was going to be? I guess in the preseason. Yeah, I got you. I would uh, worse. I mean, it's just been it's been bad. Only put. I mean, Oklahoma, Texas, Kansas State, very respectable programs in college football. I think West Virginia is having a surprisingly, you know, decent year. But boy, you go to the bottom of the of the Big Twelve, and it's bad. <laughs> it is very bad, and it certainly has been worse than I thought it would be. I, I just hope that that basketball, you know, the newcomers, Houston, can can kind of take care of some of that and pick up for the slack, because the newcomers have been bad. Oklahoma State's been just awful, and Kansas State's gonna gonna face them, and maybe this is the time for the Cowboys to turn things around. But until we see it, they've been bad. Iowa State won a game against Oklahoma State, but boy, they've not had a good non-conference. And so Big 12 just had a down year without a doubt. 
I mean, it, 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 to an extent, it's true. I think the biggest thing that stands out to me about it is like your teams like Oklahoma State and Texas Tech, those programs that are, especially Oklahoma State, who's very established underneath Mike Gundy, and Texas Tech, who had a great resurgent year last year, has had a complete fluke this year. I mean, those two teams especially, and those are the next two teams on K-State's schedule, would be the two teams that I'd say have the most disappointing so far. Sure. And you look at both of those programs, usually the, the floor is 6-6, six and six, make a bowl game. And so certainly that's not going to be the case this year unless something does change, which I, you can't rule out of the equation. But certainly, you know, the schedule's lining up nicely for the Wildcats to pick up a couple wins here on the road. Uh, you know, road victories are tough in, in football. And so Kansas State doesn't have one on the on the resume yet this year. They only had one game outside of Manhattan. So looking to change that in Stillwater, which Chris Kleiman's never won. In Stillwater, it's been, I think, K-State's got one victory in the last 10 years in Stillwater. So it's been a tough place to play, without a doubt. And it's going to be, I think, the, the crowd still will have an impact despite the poor season that Oklahoma State has had so far. Uh, Boone Pickens Stadium should be rocking. Yeah, should be. Should be a really interesting game. How about the Friday night deal? What have they said about that? Has that changed any approach for them, or has that caused any concern? Or, hey, you know what? We had a bye week, and so that's going to be just fine for us. Yeah, you said it, man. Coming off of a bye week, it hasn't really changed much. Obviously, Kansas State practiced on Sunday, moved things up one day. Usually we talk to the to the coordinators today. That happened yesterday. And so things kind of got moved up a day in terms of Kansas State preparation standpoint. But coming off of a bye week, um, I don't think it matters too much. Now, if this was a normal week, absolutely playing on the road on a Friday – would be tough and boy i can't imagine playing in the nfl going from a sunday to a to a thursday night road game when you kind of just think about how quickly some of this stuff happens um you know my whole week's just been out of sorts just because of the of the change of day but overall i i don't think it's going to be too big of a deal for kansas state just because of that bye week but if there was no off week it's definitely going to be a hurdle for kansas state but cats should be okay like we mentioned earlier should be very well rested coming off of the bye week. It'll be 13 days since the last time they took the field. And I talked about this on our on our pregame show um, where I kind of outlined the betting angles and stuff. And one interesting nugget that I did find was Kansas State is three and four after a bye week under Chris Kleiman. You look back to last year, Kansas State lost to TCU on the road in a game that kind of was chippy k-state had some quarterback issues and maybe you can give that one a pass but you go back to the year before 2021 the very first play from scrimmage ross iowa state scored a 75 yard touchdown run with Brees hall from from the very first play and so was k-state coming out sleepwalking was there some rust from not playing for two weeks could be is it a fluke is it a trend maybe we'll find out here on friday in stillwater but certainly something to to Take note of that that Kleiman has struggled uh, coming off of of a bye week at Kansas State. He's like I said, three and four after an idle week, and maybe the the, the 2020 season, the pandemic season, throws that number off a little bit because there were three of those that year, and the year before that they had two bye weeks. And so, who knows if it's a trend? Who knows if it's just something that's weird that's happened? But Kleiman um, doesn't have the best necessarily track record at Kansas State coming off of a bye week, which is the opposite of what most coaches are. You look at Andy Reid in the NFL, he's, he's got just an insane number after a bye week that hasn't been the case for Chris Kleiman so far in Manhattan. 
One more on football. Uh, Coach Klanderman, defensive coordinator. What have you picked up on him that he's got the idea that they're going to get things figured out, especially in the back end, because they've really gotten beat by teams with the deep shot? Absolutely. That's been the Achilles heel for Kansas State's defense. Stopping the run, that defense has just been tremendous. And you take out some of the big explosive plays on the ground, and K-State's had a stellar run defense, but the explosive plays through the air um, have been disappointing. They've been, uh, you know, Joe Klanderman mentioned it yesterday that his anger management coach um, would not have been happy with his reaction to K-State giving up a 70-yard touchdown on a flea flicker from UCF. And to, to answer your question, though, Klanderman has mentioned that just trusting your eyes and, and playing fast and not necessarily thinking about it, that's what Kansas State has to do. Kansas State knows, or I guess Klanderman, he mentioned that Kansas State knows how to stop those big plays. It, it just didn't, they didn't trust their eyes. They weren't fast enough. And he seems confident that they can, can can take care of those issues. But really, to be honest, man, until we can see change, uh, it's unreasonable to expect that there won't be a big play from Oklahoma State in this game. Now, obviously, Alan Bowman isn't the best quarterback in the Big 12 at Oklahoma State, and they don't have a, a Luther Burden-type player that Missouri presented or a Kobe Hudson-type player that UCF presented. So maybe K-State can finally – stop giving up those deep balls tomorrow night in Stillwater. But until we see change, man, you know, it's becoming a recurring theme that Kansas State gives up the big plays on defense. But if, and this is a big if, if Kansas State's able to eliminate those, then that's a really good defense. But you're looking at the, the Big 12's worst pass defense in terms of yards per game. No team is worse in the Big 12 than Kansas State giving up, giving up uh, passing yards. And so that's got to change. Joel Klanderman has an anger management coach. That's one thing I took away from that spiel there. Right. That's what he claims. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, we'll get you out of here on this one. K-State basketball, we're a little over a month away from getting things going. Uh, what's What are you hearing about Coach Tang and how he is uh, getting ready for year two after such with, with great expectations after such a highly successful year one? The expectation is for this team to go to Phoenix. And that's, that's their expectations. I don't know if that's necessarily my expectation uh, at this point in the offseason, but they expect to uh, compete for a Final Four and national championship, and they believe it. Uh, you look at the, uh, the transfer portal additions, those guys are going to have key contributions on this team. And then you've got guys like Naquan Tomlin, Cam Carter, David Gasson that are returning. And, you know, K-State certainly believes it. C.J. Moore from The Athletic had a nice piece that went live this morning um, behind a paywall. But there are some new things to be expected from K-State's offense this season. And so I'll let the listeners give that a a read. But great stuff there from C.J. spending two days with K-State's team. And uh, just it's not going to be the same sort of Marquise Noel, Keontae Johnson. Hey, let's give you the ball because you're so good, you know, let's give you the ball and just go score. Just go make a play. You're going to see some differences in K-State's offense this year. Tomlin, uh, Kaluma going to be stretched out wide. And I'm excited to see it. You know, I'll be out there in Vegas here in about a month for K-State's opening game against USC. Don't know if Bronny James plays in that game, but certainly going to be a fun one. And it is, you know, objectively speaking, that is the best game in the opening night of college basketball. And so all eyes in the country are going to be on that one. And 
the the hopes, the expectations are high. And if there's anything that Jerome Tang proved to us in year one, it said, hey, give him time, trust him. You know, whether it was when K State had lost, I think three or three or four in a row in the Big Twelve last year, whether it was Kansas State having two scholarship players, right? It, it, no matter what it was, Jerome Tang always always was able to figure it out in year one. He was able to figure it out here in the offseason with the transfer portal. And so Jerome Tang is, is going to figure out whatever he needs to figure out from now until the start of the season. And uh, the expectation is high. Uh, fans are ready. And you look at the success that, that football's having, it should be a great year for K-State Athletics with, with both football and basketball. Ryan, as always, thank you so much for the time. Have a great week. Enjoy that cooler weather with the windows down. Absolutely, man. No need for the AC, right? That's right, buddy. Thank you for having me on. Be good. Once again, great stuff there from Ryan Gilbert of GoPowerCat.com. You can follow him on Twitter as well. Uh, he's the man to follow when it comes to Kansas State basketball, that's for sure. And, of course, he uh, dabbles in the football world as well. We're glad to have him on the show uh, every couple of weeks. Let's take a quick break. When we come back. We'll get to the NFL Power 5 for our final segment. That's next here on the Morning Blitz. 